Hello, friends, and welcome to the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. We've got a fantastic show for you today as we enter week 14 of the NFL season. And for most fantasy leagues, the final week of the regular season. I'm your host, Joe D'Amico. I thank you so much for joining us today. With me is the doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. What is going on, Tom? It's almost over, man. I can't believe how fast the season's going. So fast. Playoffs already. Feels like just yesterday we were getting this whole thing set up and, and up and running, doing all of our mock drafts and then our real drafts. And holy crap. It's crazy. We are crazy. Set, uh, 14. Are, unreal. Are you in line to, to, to make a run in some leagues? I am. Uh, seven leagues, six most likely playoffs. And the only league that I have a terrible record in is the one with my family, my mom, my dad, my brother, who knows one thing about football. My sister knows what she's doing. Her fiance. It's it's so weird. Like I'm good in all, all my main leagues. And then my mom is, uh, is four games ahead of me and, <laughs> or my dad, whatever it is like good for her. Uh, I'm actually, actually I'm in a must win this week against my mom. So <laughs> <laughs> what an interesting situation. It, it's like the one league that I mean, not that I don't care about it, but like it's the league that you would think that a fantasy football person like myself would would dominate. And nope, I think I'm four and nine. I could still make the playoffs, which is actually outrageous. But that is outrageous. It's going to take a lot. How about you? We in contention? Yeah, six leagues. I believe two. I've been clinched in two more. I should clinch pretty soon. Um, one I'm in last place in, but, but it's a dynasty league. All right. So I'm staring at that one, one next year. As long as I lose this week, I forgot about <laughs> that. Like, do you actually like try to lose in that situation? So I mean, most dynasty leagues have rules against intentional tanking. So, I mean, you can't start guys that are hurt or guys that are clearly worse than somebody else that you have, All right. but I don't want to win. Right. <laughs> it's the one time you could actually root against your team. But this yeah. is listen, this is gonna be I'm gonna be glued Sunday. I'm I'm so thankful. No weekend plans, nothing finally can just sit and chill and take it all in. It's it's all the implications. Every single game matters, every single point matters, even even in terms of like if I'm tied with the team, it comes down to like most points four. It could come to like two or three points. So this is a huge weekend and for you guys at home, it's a huge weekend. Listen, we got six teams on a bye. We warned them last week, Tom. Six teams on a bye. We got Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders. So I think we could also see some low-scoring, scrappy fantasy football matchups kind of across all these platforms. Yeah, it, I don't. I can't remember ever having buys this late. So whoever made the schedule this year was clearly not thinking about fantasy football. No, it, it was the same last year, too, because I remember Vin had JT and the great year JT was having. Vin was literally looking to trade JT because he needed a mm. win. And I saw a lot Art. of that in, in our league, too. We saw guys like that were really top heavy that kind of already clinched trading guys, like we said, kind of that aren't as good to get a better guy. But they traded a guy that's going to help a team win this week. So it's complicated, man. But right. Pump for football, nonetheless. And we have a lot of injuries to talk about here. Counting sure through. Do. Holy moly, man. We got about 16, 15, actually, with a bonus defensive player that we'll talk about. A little bonus for anybody, any of you crazy people that play with defense or, you know, not defenses, but individual defensive players. But uh, my, my dynasty league I was talking about has has IDPs. It's I, I, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. 
Too much for me. Uh, I follow football very closely, but I don't think I'm ready for that, Tom. Individual defensive player. The tough thing about IDPs is a great defensive player is not necessarily reflected in their stats. So if you think like a shutdown corner, the ball doesn't get thrown to them, so they don't get stats. No deflections. You want guys, I'm sure you want like linebackers that tackle a lot, right? Tackles, sacks. sacks. It's all about tackles and sacks. Interceptions are nice too. They're just so unpredictable. Yeah, it's really rare. Unless you had Trayvon Diggs last year or whoever's leading yeah, the NFL this year. He probably went off. I had so. him last year. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. All right, good for you. So uh, so shall we? Shall we hop into some injuries? I suppose. All righty. First is my boy. It's Kenny Walker. Got off to a really hot start last week. Had a nice, beautiful start to the game. Nice, long 30-yard carry in his game against the Rams. Weird injury, though. Jammed his right ankle. I looked after, you know, of course, I was monitoring it. Seemed like he was walking around okay, like immediately after. He helped himself off the field. But even Pete Carroll was saying it's a weird injury, and I don't know much about jammed ankles, so... Why don't you help us make sense of this Ken Walker situation? I will do my best. I put out a detailed article on this yesterday on the fantasyinjuryteam.com. First off, Pete Carroll is just impossible to ever interpret. So let's, let's keep that in mind to start. But there's, there's several words that he uses that kind of helps paint a picture for me. So the word jammed. And he specifically says strain, not sprain, strain. A strain is an injury to a muscle or a tendon. Sprain is an injury to a ligament. So that tells us what type of tissue is injured. He says on the top of the foot, kind of right in the middle. So there's no, there's no tendon or muscle like inside the foot, really, where, where this injury occurs. So what I'm interpreting this as that we're interpreting this as is an impingement of the tendons that run across the top of the foot called the extensor digitorum longus and extensor hallucis longus. Those are the muscles that help move our foot upwards and help move our toes upwards. And they run right along the front of the ankle. And sometimes what can happen is the foot can kind of get jammed into the shin and um, create what we call an impingement, and that pinches the tendons of those muscles, extensor digitorum and halicis longus. That's the conclusion I've come to at this point, using Pete Carroll's wonderful descriptions. And what this would impact from a fantasy standpoint is really not overly significant. Um, like you said, he was walking around okay. There could be some swelling. Um, a bone bruise is also something that's possible here. So there could be some swelling and there's some pain that they just need to get the, the swelling under control, get pain down with like range of motion, some, some massage type treatments and ice and things like that. But as long as he's able to play, I wouldn't expect this to really impact his game too much. It's not like an ankle sprain where you start to lose some stability lose your at agility, ability to push off. I, I think they can tape this up, brace this up, and he can play just fine. Okay. And uh, I read your article. You know, you talked about the bone bruise possibility a little bit, but looks like something that's kind of like pain management, and you said swelling, right? So if he's able to go, we're not overly concerned with him. Big if, right? I mean, do you – really hard situation to put you in here, but do you think he plays this week? I mean, it's only Wednesday, but what do you think, man? you think he's got a shot? I think so, but – of course, you don't need to make your that decision until we get two more days of practice reports. Absolutely. And 
he hasn't been the most efficient runner, but he's been putting up some rock solid fantasy numbers. And Seattle too, man, they're seven and five, got plenty to play for. I think if he isn't able to go, you guys should be monitoring as well. A couple guys in their backfield, DJ Dallas, who <laughs> another Pete Carroll ism here has quote somewhat of an ankle issue. <laughs> the guy just Amazing. doesn't tell us anything. Somewhat Amazing. of an ankle, sure, but. It's him. It's Tony Jones Jr. who was actually on, I think he was on the Saints last year. Um, Tough situation. I like DJ Dallas a lot more over Tony Jones Jr., mostly because Pete Carroll likes him. But again, if Dallas is out and if Kenneth Walker is out, it's probably going to be Tony Jones Jr. Still a sketchy situation there, but keep an eye on injury reports, just like you said, Tom. And your boy, Tyler Lockett, I know you liked him a lot. He keeps producing. DK's a beast, you know, and again, they have a lot to play for, so also could look at it as they might rest or be careful with Ken Walker, but look like they're going into the playoffs, so check out their injury reports as we move on throughout the week. Traylon Burks. Tom, he was my uh, start of the week last week. I told you I wasn't scared of your Eagles. Wind up scoring a touchdown. Yeah, you got a big touchdown out of him. But he got hit so hard. I think it was Epps maybe, your safety. Yeah, I, I think it, it was. was Epps. Um, now it's a concussion. We know that 2022, nobody's coming back for the most part right away from a concussion. What do you think? Is this going to be a week absence, two week absence, no absence? You know, will he play this week against the Jags? What do you think? First things first, let me tell you the most ridiculous thing that just happened. I just got a text message invite to a bachelor party that has 32 people in this text chain. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you going? Where is it? I haven't read it yet. I just I like I literally <laughs> just got the message. And the first thing that stood out to me was 32 people are in, in this text group. I thought mine was big with 15. Good luck getting 32 people on a freaking flight oh and doing God. all this shit. <laughs> Sounds fun, though. Sounds like a damn good time. I oh my God, I got to take my watch off now because this thing is just going to keep blowing up through the next hour. Well, keep us posted throughout the show. <laughs> well, all right. What were we talking about? Traylon Burks. Okay. <laughs> So uh, that was a scary hit. Like he didn't, he just was kind of laying there for what seemed like half a minute or so. And his hands were almost in that posturing position. At least that was my first impression of it. But then the posturing that we saw with Tua. Right. Then like I saw him starting to move his legs around. I'm like, okay, he might just be like resting his hands there, like catching himself. Um, but ultimately ends up being it like he walked off the field. It was a concussion. So you just have to monitor the practice reports. He did not practice today, which does not bode well for his outlook this week. The average player misses two games from a concussion. If you go back to our concussion episode with Andrew Tierketter, concussion specialist, I'm pretty sure the number he gave us was 16 days from concussion to return to full play. So, uh, and I think that, that was, I saw somebody on Twitter asking about like, why, why does it seem like concussions are now a two game thing, but really always has been, it's just, we sometimes see guys return quicker. Um, and I think with the whole two, a thing after that was so in the spotlight, now nobody wants to put a guy out there and put him in danger. It's just not worth the bad publicity and (laughs) bottom line, of course, the guy's health, right? We want him to actually make sure he's okay to go play football. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't count on having Burks this week, but if he's back next week, you don't see a performance decline when they return from a concussion. And he's been starting to play really well. I agree. Totally. He's kind of moving into the plug and play territory, especially, you know, if he's going to be healthy, 
especially because no one else. You got Robert Woods last week, just one catch for six yards. I think on that team, it's going to be the Henry show and the Burke show. And sky's the limit for this guy next year, depending on who their quarterback is, if they stick with their situation now. But he looks really, really good. And he's really coming into himself. And it's been a pleasure to see that and watch him grow as a rookie. And with Henry, it's just unfortunate. You know, he had a really bad week just because sometimes he gets scripted out. That's kind of the the nature of the beast with that team and how things work. But yeah, you guys you, at home, listening, you know that going into the season when you draft Henry, a hundred percent, take the great with the the lows, right? And don't you dare consider benching him. You play Derrick Henry, and you just hope for the best. You hope for a good game script. Okay. Really unfortunate news for the 49ers. Jimmy G suffered a broken foot. He looks like he's going to be done for the year. Guy's been an excellent, maybe not fantasy, but he's been just an excellent NFL quarterback to put the 49ers in such a great position, obviously with their amazing defense. But we know this year's off the table. Tom, talk to us maybe about next year, just Jimmy G's future and you know some of the stuff that you like to go into recovery or, or what Jimmy G's going to be going through. The reports today were that he's not going to need surgery. So that's really good. That tells us a couple things. One, likely that it's a non-displaced fracture, meaning the bones don't really split and go into different directions to the point where the cells that come and heal it wouldn't be able to reach from one end to the other. So that's good news. That would need surgery. Um, it also tells us that it's it's likely to a bone that gets good blood flow. So, um, so there's there's a couple bones in in the foot, the navicular in particular, that does not get great blood flow, and that's one that often needs surgery. Um, I I don't know what bone is fractured. I'm not going to try to guess, but it's likely one that gets good blood flow. So that's good news. The current timeline is seven to eight weeks, which seven weeks would be conference championship game eight weeks would be super bowl um so there's a very outside chance that he could return this year but i mean brock purdy would have to lead them pretty deep into the playoffs in order for jimmy to be ready in in the interim he's gonna be in a boot or a cast for at least four if not six weeks probably non-weight bearing as well which we've talked with marquise brown and other players earlier this season how that leads to rapid stiffness rapid weakness so even when you come out of the boot or the cast and the bone is technically healed you're not functioning at 100 percent yet it's going to take a couple more weeks to get there and we we know that sometimes that stiffness doesn't fully resolve now that can lead to other issues down the road in the knee, the hip, whatever, if your foot isn't moving how it needs to as, as both a shock absorber, as well as, you know, we've talked about how the foot literally morphs when we walk and run to, to help absorb shock, but then also to help push off. That doesn't become as much of an issue when it's a quarterback because he's not running all over the place. So for next season, I th- he's got to be 100% ready to go, uh, but he's not helping you for fantasy the rest of the year. I can't believe you said he actually might come back. I just assumed I saw a broken foot. Now he's just figured, you know, done for the year. I mean, not that you're saying he is going to come back. The fact that there's that chance actually blows my mind. And you mentioned Brock Purdy. What was he? Mr. Irrelevant, right? He was the very, very last pick in the draft. Dude. I love that. Looked capable. Imagine being called that. Hey, Mr. Irrelevant. How are you? Like, bitch, at least I got drafted. (laughs) You got drafted. I mean, we'll, we'll take that, but. He looked capable, 25 for 37. I mean, just in terms of fantasy implications for the team, Debo, IU, Kittle, CMC. I think I just want to talk about CMC first. 10 targets last week with Purdy under center for most of the game. 
It's fantasy gold, man. I really think this could vault. CMC was already in RB1, as we know, a plug-and-play. This could vault him into that high upside RB1 um, league-winning type of guy. If he's going to be toting the rock as much as he does, plus getting 10 targets, this could really, really be great for CMC owners. And then, you know what? I don't think it's that bad for Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. Just because Purdy looked okay. Debo still had 10 targets. Ayuk still had nine targets. I think they do get a little bit of a downtick, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think because, again, it's only one game, but I think Purdy looked okay. And then last thing with this team, go ahead, Tom. And they're also so creative with how they get them the ball. Like It's, it's not just passes that require perfect timing and accuracy sure. and all that stuff. They, they just find ways to get the ball in their hand. It's the Shanahan effect, baby. He's awesome. And in terms of their running back, if you really want the handcuff, it's pretty clearly Jordan Mason at this point. He's really stood out as the number two um, without Elijah Mitchell being there. And Tyron Davis Price TDP was active and did not play at all. So if you do want to go get yourself a handcuff for CMC, definitely going to be Jordan Mason. But you know what, Tom? I'm not that worried about them. And I actually got a question for you. Do you think they're still like legitimate Super Bowl contenders without Jimmy J or is has that ship sailed? What do you think? Uh, of course, that's going to be the topic of discussion all week. The boring answer is we don't know yet until we see more of Purdy. But uh, yeah, no, I, I do. I do. I mean, this, this really brings me back to five years ago when what happened with my Eagles, our MVP caliber quarterback injured for the season, and the rest of the team was so freaking good and so well coached that a mediocre quarterback in in Nick Foles was able to lead us to a Super Bowl win. So yeah, it can happen. I mean, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. (laughs) I think the days of needing an elite quarterback are, it's very, it helps for sure, but I don't think you need an elite quarterback if the rest of the team is that good. And if the coach is, the offensive coach is really creative. And I think they do have all those elements. They're maybe now 10 or 11 to one odds. Really good record. Phenomenal defense. The number one defense in football. All these weapons. Shanahan. It could happen, Tom. We'll By see. By the way, you want a good laugh? Always. Guess where this bachelor party's going? It's either somewhere outrageous or somewhere like simple, like the Poconos. I'm going to say like Columbia, though. That would be sick, but no. Good old Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. All right, that's good for 30-something people. Just hit the bars and get a huge Airbnb. Yeah. I'm coming. I'm in. Yeah, come. Yeah, sign me up. I'll just be the guy that's there. Okay. All right, moving on, Tom. Three Wait, down. This actually might be during your spring break. When, when's your uh, yeah, spring you break? You know what? Well, I do have a baby daughter that I have to take care of. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Time is already very limited. Um, <laughs> I don't think she's old enough yet, but. We'll talk down the road about a possible situation there. And I still got to come visit you, Tom, pretty soon to your new Philly home, your new residence. Yeah, man, it's coming together nicely. Pretty soon. All right, next injury is Lamar Jackson. Really fortunately not season-ending, according to all these reports here. But again, it's a knee injury. So what's the latest? And what do you think, man? Is he going to be able to help us out with, with fantasy football again this year, fantasy playoffs? What do you got on Lamar Jackson? My my concern level is pretty high, and here's why. And it, it's it's not so straightforward. So it's a PCL injury. We've seen this a couple times this year with Julio and Dalton Schultz, and we saw this last year with Zeke. 
It's the type of injury that guys play through, but they don't run well with it. And what does Lamar Jackson do? Run. He runs a lot. So he's probably going to miss this week. The time frame they're giving is one to three weeks, which is uh, not super helpful. He's probably going to miss this week, and then he'll probably try to come back the following week. The PCL is is responsible for part of the stability of the knee, particularly preventing the shin bone from going backwards on the femur bone, but also just overall general stability. So you need stability to make really agile cuts like Lamar Jackson does. If there's any hesitancy in his in his cutting because of a little bit of a lack of stability, perhaps it takes him a, a microsecond longer to push off of that leg, or he's just not as confident in it, his running is going to decline dramatically. He's grown tremendously as a thrower in his career, but he's not Patrick Mahomes by any means. He is not going to give you elite fantasy production by just throwing the ball on a week-in and week-out basis. I know he's had a couple games his career that he's thrown for four touchdowns, et cetera. But he is who he is from a fantasy standpoint because of his running. And I do not think that he's going to be able to run at the same capacity that we're used to in the next few weeks. And that's terrible timing because you either need him to get you into the playoffs this week, or you need him to win in the playoffs in the next couple of weeks. And it's it's really tough because he if he's out there it's like oh I gotta start him, and it's gonna be hard to find anyone off the off the waiver wires that would be a better start than even than an injured Lamar Jackson. So this is this is a really 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 tough one. I share your pessimism in this situation because if he's gonna rely on throwing more, of course he's not Mahomes and he's not an amazing throw over the football. They just don't have weapons. They don't they, have weapons. They have Mark Andrews. Great. Okay. Devin Duvernay, um, Demarcus Robinson, some of these other guys. But you're right. Skeptical, really tough situation. I mean, the Ravens still won the game 10-9 because who doesn't beat the Broncos these days? I'm over them. But Tyler Huntley, I mean, maybe a guy to consider. I feel like I kind of look at him like a poor man's version of Lamar Jackson. I watch the game and watch the highlights and in any like stressful situation pocket starts to collapse. He kind of took off. He ran the ball a bunch, but I think this actually crazy enough. I don't know about a boost for Andrews, but I think Andrews is going to be just fine. Huntley's a guy that historically targets tight ends. He loves them. Um, you know, Andrews didn't have a great game, only four for 53, but I think he's going to see a big influx, influx of targets here. Ravens are still eight and four. They got plenty to play for. Um, that backfield, though, I think it's just a joke at this point. We kind of recommended Gus Edwards a little bit last week, but there's just so many guys that they use, and especially they won't move the ball as well without Lamar. It's tough to play any of those guys. Huntley did lock on to Demarcus Robinson quite a bit. I think we see that a lot with backups. They kind of like have they their have guy. guy yeah. They have a guy, like a practice squad guy that used to play with or whoever it is. Eight targets, but only seven catches for only 41 yards, so not much. I think Andrews is going to be just fine. As far as everybody else goes, I think the Ravens are, are pretty much a group to avoid there. Moving on to Mark Ingram of the Saints, Torres MCL. Looks like it's going to be four to six weeks. Saints themselves are four and nine. They're on a bye this week. I think it could just mean maybe more touches. Or Kamara, sure. Maybe they manufacture some more touches for Taysom Hill. What do you think, Tom? Mark Ingram, poor guy, 32 years old. Is this... Just the end of his career, man. What do we think? I don't want to wish that upon anybody, but he's old and, and a torn MCL. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think it's it's not independently. The injury isn't independently the end of his career, but it's going to be hard to for him to draw interest from teams. I think next season he hasn't really been very effective this year. Um, he's out four to six weeks is the report, so that's indicating it's probably a grade two injury of the MCL. With a grade two, we have partial tearing of the ligament, so not not all of it's torn, but enough is torn that it creates some instability and some laxity within the joint. And the MCL's job is to prevent the knee from caving inward. So definitely um, some impact on the stability there. So similar to Lamar Jackson with the PCL, if the knee isn't stable, it's harder to make that quick push off on. It's harder to have confidence in cutting as well. Um, So not great, but I mean, it heals really well. It has great blood flow. Like Zeke Elliott had similar injury earlier this season. He's running really well right now. Um, but four to six weeks is going to end be just about ending the regular season. And the saints sure as hell aren't making the playoffs. So <laughs> no. his season's effectively over. We'll see if anybody brings him back next year. Right. He's just a guy that's kind of been around like good guy to get in your running back room experience, tough, you know, hard nosed guy loves football. He was what? He was an Alabama guy. I think he yeah. was Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before um, Derrick Henry. There's that. <laughs> Classic picture of them standing next to each other. So ridiculous how big Derek Henry is. It's a joke. Yeah, I, I fear that it, it's career-ending for him. Not like anybody's holding on to him for dynasty purposes, but, you know, Mark Ingram, hell of an NFL career, and let's see. Maybe he does come back, but but doesn't look like this year. Tua, an ankle injury, apparently said he could have come back in the game, and this one kind of looks optimistic. Should play on Sunday. Is that accurate? What do you think, Tom? It sounds like it. The, the concern level is not very high overall. Um, I did see some reports suggest they thought it was a high ankle sprain. Some said just said ankle sprain. Not really sure. And, and, and since it's not super significant, I, I don't really care. But also because our stats that we have on fantasyinjuryteam.com, both lateral ankle sprains and high ankle sprains for quarterbacks show barely any decline in fantasy points when they get back like under one point per game. Um, it, I'm not concerned here. Okay. I share that with you as well. Tyreek Hill though, 14 targets, man. He was nine for 146 and a touchdown. What an insane game from him. Rest of the game was kind of weird. Like we had a, a mailbag question. Joe Burst asked us, what the heck happened with Jeff Wilson? Dude, he was like kicked to the curb at one single weird. carry. And most are, I mean, wasn't much better. Most are did have seven carries, but. And, and I looked, they trailed, but they were never getting their asses kicked in the game. It, it was just chalk it up to a weird game. I don't know. I yeah. mean, I think there were some coaching blunders there. I mean, Mike McDaniel even came out and kind of said sorry about some some different points there. But uh, I'm not taking this too seriously, the whole no, Jeff Wilson. Not I think thing. they really like Jeff Wilson, and he's a perfect fit for that team. I'm with that. And just one more thing on Tyreek and just on Tua himself. And, and it looks like he'll be back this week, right? A little lesson for you guys and, and try to put this in your back pocket, right? For the off season. Don't listen to these terrible fake off season narratives, right? Do you remember what it was this year about Tua? Can't throw the ball. Can't throw the long oh, ball. He's got no deep. Yeah. power. No deep ability, right? You guys out there, right? You got to be educated. You got to make decisions for yourself. Stop falling for all these attention-grasping headlines, right? Remember, there's been so many because people just want attention in the offseason, these writers, these whoever. 
<laughs> Jamar Chase can't catch. Remember that one? Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was a good ha- one. Had that wind up. Uh, <laughs> this this, this offseason, Jalen Hurts can't throw. Not a good throw of the ball. Yeah, okay. How's that going for everyone? It, uh, on that one, better. He, was, he wasn't a great thrower before. He's gotten better. I watch yes. every Eagles game. He's gotten better every single week of his career. How about this season? Derrick Henry's too old. Yeah, that one was terrible. Christian Watson, after the first week, drop him, can't catch. I can't yeah, say how about I, catching, I can't what, say eight I touchdowns? And... His college tape to say much about that one. I mean, no, he was fine in college. It was just, it was at North Dakota State, whatever. It was just a matter of people, like, creating these narratives. But just be careful. I mean, we say some stuff like that, you know, out there. But you just got to be careful and, and, and choose your narratives that you want to truly believe. But they look good. They look like they're playoff bound, and, and we're hoping to have Tua back this week. A couple injuries for Cincinnati here. The tight end position first. Hayden Hurst, a calf injury. Doubtful to play this week. Don't know how much we've talked about calves, Tom. Um, shout out Devin Mayer, my friend. He's got the biggest calves in the entire world. Uh, but talk to us about calves, Tom. Educate us on what the heck is going on with Hurst. Yeah, so the calf muscle helps point our foot downwards, like you're pressing the gas pedal. And it's highly involved in running and sprinting, and especially because we're in that position, that toe pointed down position the whole time that when we're sprinting. So because of that, a calf is very, very important for playing any sport, especially football. Um, with it's gonna it, with an injury, it's gonna impact your speed, your just raw straight go speed, as well as your agility. With Hurst, he does not look like he's on track to play this week. Uh, as he missed practice today, tight ends average missing 2.3 games and see a decline of 1.4 points per game with only 38% meeting or exceeding their pre-injury baseline. So it actually seems kind of significant then. A little more than I thought, I guess. Um, not tremendously know, so. Not but... tremendously so, but you got to keep in mind that while – that 1.4 for a running back wouldn't be much. Tight ends don't score nearly as much. So right. 1.4 from a percentage standpoint, that's a bigger chunk of their average. Sure. So yeah, it, it impacts them. Um, but the, the thing about Hurst is like, he's not a Kyle Pitts going to beat you down the field tight end. So if he's a little bit slower, he could still be effective by just getting, using his body to get open. We saw Zach Ertz earlier this season had a calf injury and he played pretty well after it. Um, but if he doesn't play, if Hurst doesn't play this week, you need somebody else at tight end. And he's not like, he's not a guy you can't drop to put somebody right. else in there. For, like I, I've had Hayden Hurst on and off one of my rosters like three times this season. Nobody else picks him up when he's out yeah. there. So. Guy you could drop and he's still kind of out there the next week. I mean, he's been okay, serviceable. He's tight end 14 right now in the season. It's not like you're picking up. I mean, the next guy up on their depth charts, Mitchell Wilcox. I mean, you're not going out and picking him up, but I think you're totally right on it. Like he's a guy that's just big and strong and he kind of just sits in the middle of the field, almost like a, almost like a Jason Witten type toward the end of his career. He's just going to get open. He's going to be a nice security blanket for Burrow. So, I mean, I'm hoping that the implications aren't too bad for him, but I think you're right. I think he's droppable, especially if you said, what did they miss? Two point on average, two point three. Right. Might may not be there this week. I mean, we're not probably not going to be there this week. Maybe not next week. And then do you play him, you know, for your fantasy semis? It's a tough situation. So I think if you do have Hearst, this isn't the best news. And I think you should be looking elsewhere. And 
just fantasy implication wise, we always like to discuss that, right? That's that's what I'm here for. At least that's what I try to be here for. Just could be a little bit more targets for Boyd. Um, I don't know if you saw Todd Boyd drop the easiest touchdown. Oh my goodness! I know <laughs> the perfect pick play. I forget who. I think maybe Chase said, you know, it wasn't. It was a somewhat legal uh, route, but it was a rub route, and and they went to the outside and wide open. So rest in peace to any anybody that had a Tyler Boyd anytime touchdown parlay or something like that. That is terrible to watch. Oh, I follow this guy on Twitter that only does. He only posts like bad plays you're not like mean about it he just posts like like stuff and this was just probably the worst one of the week right into his hands but listen right could see more targets hands. could see more targets how about the running back joe mixon concussion what has he been out two weeks two he's two, three missed weeks? he missed at least week. two he missed last week for sure and p um, ryan's been good but yeah no he missed two games yeah i think it's been two um yeah I mean, he was back today, at least in a limited yes. fashion. Yes. That... No, uh, he practiced in full today, so he oh, will full. be good okay. to go this week. Um, like we said earlier on the show, 16 days is the average from injury to return. So that covers two NFL games, and that's exactly what he's missed. So our stats are helpful, <laughs> and they're meaningful. That's great. There you go. <laughs> Love to see it. Yeah, I mean, he's a no-brainer plug-and-play if he's playing. I mean, even if he's which I don't think he'll be slightly limited. You play Joe Mixon, you don't look back. And unfortunately you're, you pee Ryan people out there. I think it's uh, the end of his reign. If Mixon is back, so to say. Yeah, for sure. All right. About six left here. So Cortland Sutton hamstring injury day to day. Tell us more about his injury, Tom Cortland Sutton. Well, the hamstring is it's involved in sprinting, particularly top end sprinting. So your go routes, your posts and anything down the field. And that's really what Cortland Sutton's great at. He gets down the field very well. So this type of injury would impact him more than it would say a, a tight end who's not going down the field so far. He does not appear on track to play this week. And the re-injury rate for hamstrings is very high. A previous hamstring injury increases the chances of a second by 2.7 times. But that doesn't automatically mean that when he returns, he's going to have another hamstring injury. Receivers average missing 1.9 games and see a decline of 2.8 fantasy points from their baseline in the first game back with only 25%. And this is our massive sample size of like 80 almost receivers. So let's say Sutton plays next week, week one of the fantasy playoffs. Very hard to trust him, even if he plays. Not even just the, like the injury for sure is, is a reason why, but also just that team is in disarray. And he has not been very reliable this year anyway. No, not at all. I think for him and obviously for the Broncos, this year could be summed up in one way, and it's just massive disappointment. You could blame Russ. You could blame Nathaniel Hackett. Blame anyone you want. I don't care. The Broncos are just utterly pathetic. And you said a pretty big decline. I mean, two-point-something points when you average across 80 players, it's pretty significant. And it's not like Sutton is averaging, you know, I don't know his exact numbers, He's not averaging 15 and 16 points where you can afford that. He was already a pretty low-end flex play with really not much ceiling and really no reliability. So Sutton, the guy, beginning of the year, plug and play. You love him. You love to see him. He's an alpha receiver. At least I thought he was a big man. I think you got to start to second-guess that a little bit. And just from that team, Greg Dulcich had a pretty nice game, 6 for 85, but I've been following him quite a bit. Same as Hayden Hurst for you, Tom. He's been on my team. He's been off my team. 
He's just been too inconsistent, man. He'll have games of literally zero and one, and then last week pretty good. I think he's hard to trust. Jerry Judy, not bad. Um, four for 65, could get some more looks. And then speaking to 32-year-old running backs, <laughs> Lat Murray, man, still got a stronghold in that backfield for whatever that's worth if you're into the Broncos' backfield and you're, you're down for that sort of thing. But you talked about re-injury rates for hamstrings, and what a lovely transition that is to our next person, Kadarius Tony. Wow, hamstring that, that was <laughs> wow it just it's just it's just perfect hamstring limited fashion i'm done with him he's dead to me in the fantasy world what is it same for you tom what do you think about Kadarius tony he is practicing today after his third hamstring injury of the season so, like we just said with sutton such a high re-injury risk especially when you've already had three this season and especially if nobody's looked at your sciatic nerve so again, I don't know if they have, if they haven't, they need to hashtag sciatic nerve. Okay. How do you spell that? Is that a C? <laughs> it's a SC. SC? Yeah. Oh, SCI? Yeah. Okay. And then there's some more letters. And then there's some other letters involved. Okay. The sciatic nerve, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We got about five left. How about Rondell Moore? Um, they're coming off a of bye. Still no practice on Wednesday, groin injury. And I'm still so mad about the play it happened. Of course, Cliff Kingsbury with his horrendous play call likes to run Rondo Moore, and he lost like six yards on the play, whatever this was, three weeks ago. But the sticky situation, and what I mean by that is the Cardinals play on Monday night. So we might not have the luxury to be able to wait. Listen, Moore has been pretty productive and efficient when he plays, but I guess the question is, Tom, will he play? What do you think? Well, he did not practice today, which is Wednesday. But the, the I, I don't know that that's as concerning as it sounds, and we will have to watch for reports on Thursday and Friday. But while the groin is very involved when an athlete's on one leg, which is always when you're running and cutting, it's not as involved as other hip muscles like the glutes, the quads, and the hamstrings. Because of this, athletes can compensate for groin injuries pretty darn well. We hardly see any decline in fantasy stats when receivers return from a groin injury. I'm talking like negative 0.3 points with almost 50% meeting or exceeding their pre-injury average in the first game back. So it's, it's, it's not a factor from a fantasy production standpoint when they return. Um, I, I, I don't think it's out of the question for him to play. We will just need to see what the reports look like. Like if he doesn't practice at all tomorrow or Friday, then no, he's not going to play. But if he starts logging practices, then it it looks more likely. But if you need to start him, you have to make sure that you have somebody to pivot to in that same game. I'm I'm really lucky, I guess. Not that it's a great option to pivot to, but in my main league, I have Damian Harris who plays that night. I mean, at least if he does play. Be five points, six points, seven points. We know it's the Ramondre show, but you're right. You got to plan for these things. Don't get stuck where you just, you know, he's got him. You got him in the lineup, and then all of your positions are locked, right? Make sure you even leave a bench spot open. Make sure that you're doing. Make what you sure have he's to do. in your flex and not your receiver spot. Right. Absolutely. Okay, on to a local team and the New York Jets and Mr. Michael Carter. Now, Tom, you got to help me out with this because I'm seeing mixed reports. So. I originally saw ankle, right? Well, that is his injury, a DNP today, but now about an hour ago, right before recording, apparently he's fully off the injury report. So what are you seeing? You always have like the better, the better and the best injury reports, but I mean, their backfield is just a, not a disaster, but 
It's going to be a little bit muddy, but let's talk about Michael Carter first. What do you say? The reports I saw were that he was projected to practice in full today, um, which tells me that he's on track to play. This type of sprain could impact your lateral agility some, which is kind of his game. We see a decline of two fantasy points per game in the first game back from this injury for running backs with only 32% meeting or exceeding that average. And I think the tough thing here is I believe they play Buffalo, who has a very good defense. And Zonovan Knight has been fun. It's been really good. And by the way, I messed up that uh, that DNP was from last week. So please scratch what I said about the, the DNP. He did practice fully. Yeah, really good job there, Joe. Thanks, man. I must be tired. But you're right, dude. Zonovan Knight has looked – he's looked like every part like an NFL running back, an NFL starting running back. Bam, Knight, they call What a name. Bam. What baby. a name. Love that. Dude, 15 for 90, had a nice long run for 48 yards, added five catches on five targets. He seems to be the guy, but found this. When they were both playing, what was it, last week? I guess it was last week um, before Carter went out. Carter had six carries and two targets. Knight had four carries and one target. So might be looking at a little bit more of a split, even though Knight has established himself. I wouldn't expect Knight to get another 15 carries. It could be that 60-40 split, you know, towards Knight as they start to work Carter back in, or it could be, listen, you said he practiced fully, right? It could be really close. It just makes it sketchy for me, and I think it makes it kind of hard to play them, but I guess it depends on your situation, right? Yeah, I, I don't like either of them this week. Okay. I do like Garrett Wilson, though. He yeah, I is do. Him. Eight for 162. Ready for this one? A team high 15 targets last week for Garrett Wilson. That's a lot of targets. Usually we do half point PPR, but I saw a stat on him for PPR. Last five games, 17.7 points per game. If you extrapolate that, extrapolate that, excuse me. Over the season, that's wide receiver eight. That's so tell good. him, when is he getting picked next year, Garrett Wilson? What do you think? Oh, good question. This is what I'm I, here for. You know, this is going to be one that it depends who's throwing the ball. If it's Zach Wilson is still there, he's going to drop a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, if it's I mean, let's that, say it's uh, – could it be Mike White? I, I don't know. Maybe could it be establishes Garoppolo? Okay, let's say let's say it's Jimmy G. Um, I think Gary Wilson's going fourth round. Okay, I put fifth, but I could see him going in the fourth round. He's tremendous talent, a ridiculous football player. All right, couple left, Tom. Dante Foreman and uh, and our good pal Joe Burst always sends in questions. He also wants to know, and you can answer this anytime along the way. Are you still or are you back on the Foreman train? <laughs> uh, foot injury. Not practicing today, though, on Wednesday, and it looks like he also has some injured ribs. What do you got on Dante Foreman? And, Tom, are you still on the <laughs> the Foreman train? You know, I, I'm not the conductor of it, but I'm definitely a passenger. You're in one uh, of the first couple cars, though. You're uh, up there. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like halfway back. I, I Undisclosed foot injury. They didn't tell us what about the foot. Um, foot injuries concern me for, for runners, but – doesn't sound like it's that severe and sometimes these foot injuries they actually feel better when the athlete gets warmed up and depending on where the injury is and what the injury is the taping and bracing techniques can be really helpful to to get 
get get them to be able to play without much issue. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like they'll be able to tape him up and he's good to go. The rib injury is also a factor. We talked about Alvin Kamara and James Conner earlier this year with the rib injuries. It One, it just hurts like hell to get hit and running backs get hit a lot. And two, the muscular attachments on the ribs that are responsible for helping you hold on to the football, such as the lats and the pecs, which are two gigantic, strong muscles. They attach right on the ribs. So depending on where the rib injury is, they may be pulling right on that location while he tries to hold on to the ball. Also would hurt. But he's saying that he's 95% sure he'll play. We know you can play through rib injuries. Where do they get get these numbers from? 95%? I'm 84% sure that they just make it up. (laughs) Right. 95. Okay, sure. But, um, I mean, you, you guys play through rib injuries and you don't really see an impact on their game. It's just like, can they tough it out or not? Right. So if he's going to play, yeah, I think he's a great start this week. Um, he's been playing really, really well. He's got, he's clearly the best in that backfield. And like you said, Seattle's defense, they can be ran on. 100%. Terrible defense. Um, the only thing that I don't like to see is the fact that the Panthers are coming off a bye and he still is a DNP on Wednesday. That That's always tough to see that. But I think you're right. If he plays in really any capacity, I think he's a pretty solid flex play. I wouldn't say RB2, but I think you put him in the lineup. And to answer Joe Burst's question, I'm in on him. I'll play him this week. How about Trevor Lawrence sprained his, another strange injury. I don't know how much we talked about this one, Tom. A left big toe injury sounds pretty dramatic (laughs) uh sneakily qb10 on the year which is pretty good but but why don't you talk to us about toes tom and and specifically trevor lawrence's toe i would love to talk about toes so the big toe has to bend up to 90 degrees when we run and it takes on a lot of force like multiple times our body weight and force it's that final part of us that pushes off the ground to generate force when we're running um, but he's not a runner. He's a, he's a quarterback. So he does have to run some, but he doesn't need to run go routes like Christian Kirk down the field and, and, or, or like Travis Etienne getting around the corner. So this isn't going to impact him as much as it would one of those positions. And the good news for Trevor is this is his left big toe, not his right big toe. So you push off of a right-handed quarterback like Trevor pushes off his right foot really, really hard to generate force for the throw you will see a quarterback change their mechanics if their back big toe is injured. So this is good for him that it's his left toe. He still needs to follow through onto that side, but it's not going to impact him as much as it would if he was pushing off of there. So I I don't think we see this impact his fantasy stats at, at all. He he's not a huge running quarterback. He's not bad at running. He just doesn't really do it that much. So I don't, but I don't think it's going to disrupt his throwing at all. Yeah, he's mobile enough where he can get around the pocket and elude pass rushers to a certain degree. If for some reason he can't go, I think it's a huge impact on on guys like you said, like Christian Kirk, but sounds like he's going to play, right? We're looking pretty positive with him. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. And our last offensive injury, and I am shocked that this guy is on the injury report. I've never seen him on an injury report before. DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Absolutely shocking and amazing. Um, this time it's an ankle. Is that is that what it's been all year? An ankle injury for him? I mean, I feel like he's gone through everything, this is his right? third ankle. He's also had a shoulder injury. Right, the shoulder. Okay. Um, what is it looking like, though? I mean, he, he looked good last week. I mean, got a bunch of carries. He was, what was he? 
get 14 or 15 carries to Williams is 11. So that is something to monitor, but is this serious? I mean, is this just kind of a questionable tag? I feel like, I feel like when they're making the injury reports, they just put him on there. He's like already in there. <laughs> yeah. in, everybody else is in pencil and he's just in Sharpie and they just don't take him. Off. That, that could be it. Um, what the, what concerns me here is that we've already seen Detroit give him small workloads like four prior to last week, the prior four games, he had less than 34% snaps. So they're very comfortable letting Jamal Williams carry the load. If Swift is anything below where he needs to be to get more, more work. And they know that Swift can still be effective for the team in that, in that small dosages. So part of me thinks that's their strategy. It's like Williams is a guy that can handle a big workload. He can, he can take on, you know, lots of, lots of carries and then let's get Swift in there to change things up and possibly get some big plays. Right. But if those big plays don't happen, like they don't every game, then you're kind of screwed if you start him. Right. So is the injury itself that concerning? I think he's going to play. It sounds like he's going to play, but this type of injury in the ankle sprain is going to impact their agility. And that's what he's great at is his agility. Um, I, I think more than, from a per play productivity standpoint, we see this impact his workload again, like we've already seen. So I'm a little, I am a little concerned about this. So I have my answer to this. We got a mailbag question and <laughs> it's kind of a threat. Actually, <laughs> I have to go with the one. Someone said, I have to either play Jamal Williams or Deandre Swift. And they followed up with don't F it up. <laughs> <laughs> I have my answer, but you know, gun to your head situation, Tom. You had to play one of those guys this week. Who's it going to be for you? It's Williams, no doubt. It's not even close. He has so many touchdowns. He's independently productive, even when Swift is there. And then in the in the event that Swift misses time, like this guy has just been automatic from the goal line. Ridiculous. The amount of times that they have gone down at the one yard line, and here comes Jamal Williams, fourteen touchdowns with five games left that's proof that we just live in a fake world the world is fake, fake. we, we are in fake. a simulation jamal williams leading the nfl by a good margin i believe actually no jacobs might be pretty close behind him but 14 rushing touchdowns it's unbelievable last year 2021 jt this is all going to be season ending stats total season last year jt 18 2020 derrick henry read the lead the league with 17 I'm going to bring back some names here, Tom, in a minute. 2019, Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry, 16 touchdowns. 2018, shall I continue? Todd Gurley with 17 touchdowns. 2017, the leader was Todd Gurley again with 13 touchdowns. And in 2016, Garrett Blunt led the NFL with 18 touchdowns. Jamal Williams is knocking on the door, man, of, of I wouldn't say history, because yeah, there was that year. Somebody might have beat LT, but the year he had what we always talk about that 25 oh, 30, or whatever. 31. 30, 31. He's not getting there, but we could see Jamal Williams be the guy that has the most touchdowns in the last whatever it was, five, six, seven seasons, which is just unfathomable to unfathomable to think about. So to answer answer that question, I forget who it was from. I'm going with Williams. And I hope we don't F it up, Tom. <laughs> I hope we don't. I hope not. I hope, I hope we keep that follower. All right. Got a little bonus for you. How about Von Miller? I don't have too much on him, Tom, but um, seems significant, right? Did you say you had 
like surgery. It, it, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Right. Von Miller? Yeah. So I wanted to talk about him just because I thought this was interesting. And this is something that I've seen a couple of times clinically on that was it Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, I believe that he got hurt and the video looked very suggestive of an ACL tear. But the the reports were ACL looks good. It's a lateral meniscus injury. So he goes in for surgery today, which is a couple of weeks later, and he comes out with an ACL repair. So a lot of people may be like, what the hell? I thought there was no ACL tear. Well, sometimes what happens is that they can't see the tear on the MRI. MRIs are not perfect. They are very good, but they're not perfect. So when the surgeon goes in there to do another procedure, sometimes that that's when they can literally see everything. They can see exactly what's going on there. And then they'll see, oh, crap, the ACL is torn. We need to repair this. So um, it's a silly I, question. They don't just do it on the spot, do they? It'll be a separate procedure I, or do they just think, go in there and I think they'll do it on the spot. I know I've had some patients who have had this before um, that I've then seen for post-op rehab. And uh, they'll be like, yeah, like I went in for whatever, um, a meniscus repair, meniscus debridement or something. And then I wake up and I had an ACL repaired. Now they don't just like, you still need a consent. Obviously the patient needs a consent. So prior to the surgery, the doctor or the surgeon will say like, this is what we're thinking. But when we get in there, if we find something else, do we have your consent to do that procedure? That's crazy. Um, yeah. So read, that, read the fine print in the paperwork, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like that. Oh, okay. Uh, I hope. But uh, yeah, so I just wanted I just wanted to talk about that because I, I, I imagine there's a lot of people who are like, what? What? I thought he didn't have an ACL injury. I thought he was going to be back. Um, so I just want to kind of clean that up. All right. I learned something new every day from you, Tom. Thank you. Amazing injury analysis. Let's go on to our last start, our last our last segment here, and that is a, our start sits. No Vin this week. Just me and you, baby. I'll start us off. I'm going to start last week's cardio king. <laughs> 87% route participation, only one catch. It's my guy, George Pickens. Can't stop talking about him. Love him. Now, immaturely, I might add, he, uh, I don't know if you saw, very outspoken about his, his very low usage last week. And then Tomlin came and talked to him and the coaching staff talked to him about the right way as a rookie to deal with your grievances and to deal with your problems. But I think he's too good to not get peppered. We talked a few weeks ago about his ridiculous catch rate and his catch wingspan and his ability to go up and grab the ball. I have a good feeling about a bounce back game here. They play the Ravens who allow the 25th most yards to wide receivers. I'd like George Pickens in a bounce back squeaky wheel gets the grease. George Pickens. I'm sitting both Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. Now, I think a lot of people might not have that luxury, but I'm strongly considering it. I have them in both in separate leagues. Fournette last week, 10 carries and six catches. White, nine carries, six catches. Now, the six catches sounds pretty good. To me, it looks like a very, very even split. I mean, both of those numbers last week were good enough for flex numbers. I think it comes down to a coin flip as to who actually scores. One might get you 12 or 14. Other might get you six or seven. I'm not willing to take that risk, especially because of this. They play this week the number one rushing defense in football, the 49ers. 49ers only let up 15.8 points per game. Plus, the right, we talked about this. 
Niners, no Jimmy G. I think they're going to look to dominate time of possession. I feel like it's going to be an ugly game. I'm trying to avoid Fournette and Rashad White, especially in DFS and anywhere else I could. So I'm out on the Bucks running backs, and I'm in on my guy, George Pickens. Finish strong, Tom. What do you got? I am starting James Cook. We've seen his involvement increase quite a bit over the weeks. In two of the last three games, he's had 11 or 14 carries. I recognize there's a game in between there that he did not have very many carries. Um, but in the last two games, he's had five and six targets as well. So they're really starting to get him involved. I've never thought Singletary is very good. Um, they're not really using Naheem Hines at all, which is that was a weird trade. I think he's on punt return or something like that. Not, yeah. not relevant. Yeah. yeah, weird trade. Um, so I don't think he's going to be a game breaker, but I think he's been been trending towards being a, a really productive player. And I'm going to sit Michael Carter. We talked about him earlier. I, I think Bam Knight is is really good. And I think Michael Carter is just kind of average, plus coming off that injury where we see a decline of two fantasy points per game on average for a player who really doesn't average a, a, a whole lot of points anyway, that number comes in into play a bit more. And you just have a tough Buffalo defense. I think Buffalo is going to, take care of jets pretty well, pretty easily. Um, I don't, I don't like the outlook for Michael Carter. All righty. That about does it for our show. Tom, thank you. It was a pleasure. Had a blast. Like always remember guys at home. We of course, thank you so much for listening and subscribing. Uh, don't forget, hit that bell, get notified whenever a new show comes out. Thank you again for listening. And we are the fantasy injury team. We'll see you next time.